Hello everyone, Dr. Stillman here, and today we are going to be talking about the most important test for inflammation. Jim will be joining us in a minute. So what is this test? It is the high sensitivity CRP or cardiac uh, CRP, C-reactive protein. This test is a marker for inflammation. C-reactive protein, which is what the test measures, is a protein that is made in the liver as what we call an acute phase reactant. Acute phase reactants are things the body makes in order to cope with inflammation or acute injury. So you'll see these markers go up in response to a really wide range of different stimuli. You'll see them go up due to toxic exposures. You'll see them go up due to severe stress of various types. You'll see them go up if the body's not getting enough sleep, rest, regeneration. You'll see them go up with acute infection, trauma, surgery. This is all very, very important for people to understand because this is the number one limitation of the high sensitivity CRP. The mistake that many people will make is they will go to a company that orders lab tests for them and they will get the high sensitivity CRP tested. It'll come back positive and then they won't know what to do. Let's talk about why this test was invented and really why it's my number one test for gauging inflammation in the body. So this test was invented as a marker for your overall risk of heart disease in the future. You can extrapolate that to any kind of cardiovascular disease, blood clots, strokes, but primarily it has been vetted and uh, determined as a risk determinant uh, or factor for heart disease. When you order a high sensitivity CRP, you've got three different levels or categories into which people fall. There's the low risk, there's the average risk, and there's the high risk. One of my big gripes about the modern medical system is that doctors are not given time to talk to patients about this lab and why it's so important. Very few patients coming to see me have ever had this test measured. Now, there are arguments both for and against ordering this test, which we'll talk about in a minute, but I think that this is a great disservice to patients for the following reason. If you order this test on anyone who's, say, 30 up, a certain proportion of people who are in the average to high-risk category are going to really recognize that they're in that category and it's going to make them realize that it's time for them to clean up their diet and their lifestyle and to improve their health. Now this is going to bear fruit or, or really give them benefit for the rest of their life. And here's why. The sooner you become healthy, the sooner you focus on your wellness, the healthier you're going to be for the rest of your life. It's very hard once someone's had their first heart attack, their first stroke, their first cancer, their first life-limiting or life-threatening illness to really get them healthy again. If you catch somebody who's in the higher average risk category in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, or even 70s, you have an opportunity to intervene and most importantly, to identify the causes of their illness. And that's the power of this test. It wakes people up. It helps them understand that what they're doing is wrong and they need 
to get their lifestyle and their diet right if they're going to live a long and healthy life. I find this particularly healthy or health healthy. I find this particularly helpful for people who are basically going along through life. They've gained a couple pounds here or there, maybe 10, maybe 20. They aren't feeling that well. They, but they're performing well enough at work and in their job that they don't feel they need medical care. They're essentially deferring maintenance uh, because they think they can get away with it. This is a colossal mistake. I see it happen all the time. But let's go back to the limitations of this test. The reason why I don't like ordering this test uh, in someone who's already got a lot of diet and lifestyle problems, they're eating processed food, they're staying up late at night, they're eating the wrong food or not eating enough nutritious food, they're consuming things or doing things or being exposed to things they know that they're allergic to. They're uh, exposed to noxious chemicals or toxins. Measuring this in those people, if they already know they have a problem, there's really only one reason that I'll do it. And that's to figure out their baseline and to have a piece of information that I can share with them where I can say, hey, it's time for you to really get serious about your wellness because this marker being out of range is a wake up call. If you sit on this, if you let it increase or just stay where it is, it's essentially like ignoring a house fire. You're saying, yes, the fire alarm's going off. No, I'm not worried. I don't see flames. I don't even smell smoke in this part of the house. Everything I'm sure is fine. This eventually is going to snowball into something bad which is why I don't, I not only measure it, I also trend this number because if you're going to get somebody, well, you want to be holding them accountable. You want to be looking at these numbers, in my opinion, quarterly until they've normalized it because you can do an enormous amount of good in someone's labs in just one quarter, three to four months. Let's talk about what kinds of things you can expect to, um, elevate the C-reactive protein beyond the obvious ones that I mentioned before. And before I get into that, I think I should mention that when you're looking at the, uh, I mentioned before all the different things that will make the C-reactive protein go up. It's important to understand that if any of those things are happening on the day you had your labs drawn, they really confound it. In other words, you can't derive meaningful conclusions from that lab. I get high sensitivity CRP numbers back from people on a regular basis. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well. And those people, what they'll have done is they'll have gone to the lab on a day when they just happen to have a sore throat and the CRP is 20. This is not a useful test because all we're doing is measuring their inflammatory response to having a sore throat, right? So you want to test, and this goes back to just principles of testing, which I've done uh, material on with Jim before on this morning live, you have to understand that you want to be testing when you're in a stable, uh, a stable time. Now, some of you have hectic lifestyles, changing schedules, you travel a lot, you have a lot going on. If your life is chaos, get your labs done when you've got the same amount of chaos that you usually have. That's where your baseline really is. But with the CRP, if you really want to know where your health stands, you need to not have any acute illnesses, not have any acute infections, not have any acute 
traumas. You need to not be post-operative, like recovering from a surgery, even a minor surgery can make this go up. All of that has to be normalized before you really uh, draw serious conclusions from this. So what you're going to see in the literature, if you look at this, and the reason I like this number is that when diseases are getting rolling in the body, inflammatory levels locally begin to increase, whether you're talking about the kidney or the liver or the skin or the, the brain, any part of the body, local inflammatory levels will increase. But as that inflammation becomes in more and more and more, it spills over into the systemic circulation and the system as a whole. And that's when you're going to see these high sensitivity CRP levels increase. I have not seen good studies looking at high sensitivity CRPs and elevations in them, say, um, preceding something like autoimmune diseases, preceding things like cancers, preceding things of any and all chronic, severe illness. But it would not surprise me. In fact, it would surprise me if the opposite was the case. It would surprise me if you didn't see these elevations before the illnesses emerged. And I really like to catch things as early as possible. Because even if you're not heading off some kind of terrible disease, if you normalize someone's high sensitivity CRP, it stands to reason that you have just reduced their risk of cardiovascular disease massively. And, you know, all the different things that, you know, set you up for cardiovascular disease, they tend to set you up for all the other illnesses that people have come to know and fear in our modern world, autoimmune diseases, severe allergic diseases, cancers, et cetera. So Jim, how are you this morning? I'm uh, a little scattered, but I'm doing okay. Thank you. Yeah. You slept in. It's good for you. I did. I did. You know, it, it, it's interesting. Um, you, you know, you talked about that. I mean, that's obviously your reason for having at least a basic panel a couple times right. a year right to get some trends yeah you know, because we'll, we'll see people all the time that'll have one bad lab and they'll they'll be spun out of control and and get excited and think they need to like go on everything in the kitchen sink right right uh, and you, you don't want to do that based on one lab result um no i'm doing uh you know i'm doing emdr therapy which is a very interesting experience i've obviously done some very difficult things in my life athletically uh good morning michelle um i've done some very difficult things in my life and um this has to be one of the most difficult and i i would basically compare it to sometimes uh some of the sessions i've had are almost like getting into a, a physical fight and right it's back. just amazing how much some of this stuff will do um, to you emotionally with some of the things you deal with. So um, it's been interesting. I, I had that. So I, I slept in till, oh, about. Did you do that yesterday? That's right. You did. Yeah. Of course you did. Yeah. 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 I did that yesterday. I slept in till about 10 minutes ago mm. <laughs> for the first time, probably in uh i don't know since i was like bouncing in nightclubs that i'd slipped in this far this far so that was a long time ago um so it's finished and then of course i i spaced out right after my emdr and i think i left my computer uh, yeah in the restroom at the facility where i do it so i had to pull out this old uh tablet that i'm on right now yeah uh, that, I, that i pulled out of retirement i thought it had it all updated last night of course when i started it up this morning it it re-updated some more stuff so yeah it took me a while to get on here i'm but. glad you mentioned the emdr thing on this because i think one of the things that i 
if I'm going into a consultation with somebody who's got a high sensitivity CRP that's elevated, the number one thing I'm looking for is not the bread and butter, you know, processed food, eating too much at night, staying up too late, um, you know, toxic exposures. Yes, I look at all these things. I try to find them and figure out where they are in the picture if they're there at all. But the number one thing I'm actually looking for is where is the bad habit? The habit, the thing they know they shouldn't be doing that's creating the inflammation. And that's something that I think is, it's why I spend so much time with people. It's why I have group coaching sessions. It's why we have a whole staff of people to interact with patients. It's because ultimately it's people's lifestyle choices that drive inflammation and those lifestyle choices when they're, you know, everyone's got their little bad habits, but when you have a bad habit, that's causing your fundamental physiology to be deranged and your most important inflammatory marker to be elevated, you have a serious issue and there's a solid chance that that person has got some serious uh, psychological issues that are also going on. So that's actually and the number that, one thing yeah. I'm looking for. And that usually comes from, you know, deep, deep trauma that most people just don't ever deal with. Right. And exactly. A lot of the super, super, what does the CIA say? You know, uh, we're always looking for people that have just the right amount of trauma so that they're highly driven, but not a psycho or a sociopath. Uh, so and I'm sure they've hired psychopaths. Well, they, we have a whole bunch of them in government right now. Um, but, um, you know, so a lot of people that we're dealing with, we're having to talk about, you know, slowing, you know, if you're constantly right. in a state of stress, it's going to show up in your labs. It's going to show up in your, in your respiratory rate. And a lot of people are just in denial of the it's fact true. that they have to learn how to relax and shut off, particularly in this modern world. I think if you go back maybe 50, 60 years ago where things were a lot more laid back, like I'd say if you took like a, a really type A person and you stuck them in Nicaragua, right? Mm -hmm. They probably get really angry at first, but eventually they would just give up and say, well, I'm just going to have to learn how to deal with this because I have no choice. They're actually going to slow their roll down, right? They're going right. to, they're going to chill a little bit. Because everybody's chilled. Whereas here, everyone is going at 190 miles an hour, especially you go into the big cities and stuff. Right. So people that are highly driven and already have a hard time relaxing, giving our modern world with the technology, they haven't, they're, they're, they're just going to get pushed even harder to keep going. They don't, you know, don't, you know, when's the last time the average American went and sat in a park? You know, uh, right. I, 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 you know, I would love to do, this. I would love to do a tour, yeah. like a, like a survey on that. Like when's the last time you went out and sat quietly without your phone in a park? Yeah. I might, I might just do that. Uh, I might just do that. And the, the reason for this is that when you're young, your heteroplasmy rates, your baseline inflammation, your metabolism, it's as good as it's going to get. You have as much resiliency and vitality as you're likely to ever have. As you age, your body loses efficiency, loses vitality, and you don't have the same resilience and the same what we call physiologic reserve, mm -hmm. which means that somebody who's used to driving at 95 miles an hour, all of a sudden, you know, the wheels are coming off the car and they don't understand why. And it's always a, <clears throat> a bit of a dance, right, in taking care of them to figure out, okay, to what degree 
can we get them to what to what level of performance can we basically get them back with supplements, nutrition, changes in lifestyle, biohacks, healthy habits like red light therapy, sauna, etc. All of that takes time, all of that takes space, right? So they have to slow down, they have to take some time for them. And a lot of this comes down to how how hard do you really want to drive your car for how long? Because there's no way that the and this is why America's got an epidemic of cardiovascular disease, of autoimmune disease, of all these modern illnesses. Yes, it's related to technological uh, hazards, blue light at night, artificial light at night, more generally, things like EMF, radio, microwaves, electrical magnetic radiation, processed food, uh, all these different things have a negative effect on the body, yes, but at the same time, aging does play a role. And so inexorably, people have to slow down. They have to transition in life from going 95 miles an hour to eventually, you know, being happy at 55. And that's part of what we help people manage and understand. And then there's, and that being said, you know, there's, there's times and situations where people say, look, I have to go 75 for another 10 years. And the answer is okay. Well, just so long as you understand that during that time, you're setting yourself up for all these illnesses that we may not be able to control. And if that happens, you went in eyes wide open and you're not, you know, a child and you're not um, doing this without full understanding and knowledge of the risk you're running. And well, what happens when you have, you know, usually young people do have a high reserve, mm. but now we've got children like I saw, I was, when I, I've seen, you know, 11, 12 year old girls with Hashimoto's mm -hmm. uh, and other autoimmune type conditions um, showing these, these things are showing up younger and younger. So what happens when we have kids that don't have these high reserves, you know, uh, going into adulthood, it, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be pretty. That's right. That's exactly right. So, so I think that's enough a, for today. We have a, we have a question yeah, I for see the you. Question. The question, Roderick is no, that is not, um, something you have to take fasting and yes, it is related to inflammation, but it's more complicated than that. The so, question is, do you have to fast while taking A1C yes. test is an A1C test related to inflammation too, for your people that are just listening out there. Yep. That's right. So. Thanks, Jim. All right, everyone. Uh, Jim, uh, what do we got going on? We've got a blood well, pressure webinar in a week and a half. Yep. Um, and I just did a great webinar with Clark on Thursday about copper that's on the YouTube mm -hmm. channel as well as I think a lot of other places. Uh, yep, we're doing a, a webinar on HRT, peptides, all the things to do with testosterone, male stuff. We're doing that tomorrow, which is part of our course that we're, that we're, we're updating and finishing up. And to get that, you have to be on our email list. If you go to stillmanwellness.com, just opt in there. Tonight, we'll send that email out. You'll be able to log on to that and watch it. You'll actually be able to watch the replay too just kind of as an award reward for you, uh, being on our list. So these are going to be great webinars. So make sure you tune into them and make sure you're on the list. Stillmanwellness.com yep. is where you can join that. We're doing that every Thursday. Yep. So have yourself a great day, everyone. Make sure you get outside.